0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe. FiveReasonsSports.com. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We tell you all the time about our fantasy sponsor. It's PrizePix. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. That's at PrizePix.com. Or you can download them on the Google Play Store or on the app store, make sure you're using five. That's the code five F I V E. Get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. And now, today's episode.
1: Down to
2: Five on the floor, ride for my dogs where is the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars rain bubble frogs, just like Butter said, you in trouble y'all check the floor plan, got an all band, y'all seen the block the one hand, impact with trust, it's and have the guts we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang
1: it up
3: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on, excuse me, on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. You got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305 And at some point here, we'll also have Alex Toledo. You can follow him at tropical blanket look there's a lot of different ways we could go today um the miami heat are one and three they're going out on the west coast they've got at least two challenging games out there including one against uh a team that looks like maybe the best team in the west again and people aren't feeling great about it so there are a lot of different directions that we could go and we discussed going the direction of sort of is there answer on this roster which is something we've discussed we've kind of gone around it a lot And we'll probably get into that more. But we're going to talk today just about Kyle Lowry. And and I think that this has been the topic through the first four games of the season. We are now, you know, still, again, just 5% of the season gone at this point. There's plenty of time for him to kind of get in the kind of shape that they wanted him to get into, play the way consistently that they want him to, and also to start to justify the salary. But right now, and I'll go to you first, Brady, where are they in your view from a basketball perspective with Kyle Lowry?
4: Yeah, I think it's a little bit weird because uh, I'd say two out of the four games have looked like very bad, I'd feel like. And the other two out of four, it's been pretty stable, I'd say, because I think the other two, uh, again, the first one against Toronto and the other one against Boston, he had 17. Uh, But from a general sense, I know Alex has a bunch of numbers that are probably better than mine to go over. Uh, But there was just some base ones that I was looking at, which was that – Kyle has like a pick and roll ball handler. I know some other people on on Twitter were talking about this generally, Uh, but he's putting up 0.38 points per possession uh, as the pick and roll ball handler over four games, uh, which is just very bad. Like just a 0.38. I think it's the second worst. And actually the worst is actually Chris Paul as we stand. Like it's just uh, he's one for 11 from the field on those attempts. Uh, And it just speaks volume because you're talking about a guy that's uh, has the ball in his hands a ton because uh, another thing, another topic in terms of stats is that his, the touches on this team are just all over the place. Like Kyle is, has the most touches by far, which I think he's at 76 and then Jimmy's second, which is like in the lower sixties, like it's just all over the place that if he's going to have the ball in his hands this much, you're going to need him to be a plus offensive player. Uh, and then you obviously say, we talked about before the, the pull-up stuff and the ability to score around the rim. Uh, But we also, I think, need to see a little bit more playmaking-wise in terms of better decision in in transition and obviously setting up guys in different ways in the half court. But uh, not to give away everything, but I'll say something just from uh, recency bias and talking about this last game. It's funny to me because we constantly talk about the different actions they run. It's the, the hero band pick and roll and how great it looks. Like, obviously, late in games, hero can't turn the ball over four times in the fourth quarter. But generally, that's probably one of their better actions. Their other better action is Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler screening for him or the inverted version of that. Like that two-man combo, Jimmy can get the switch on the smaller point guard and they can operate from there. My issue with kind of the, the way they've worked Kyle Lowry into this offense is that they basically say late in games, and this happened last season as well, we're going to run Kyle Lowry, bam, out a bio, pick and roll, play after play after play late in games. Like it's not something you're going to a ton early in the game. So why are you feeding into this action late? And the reason I don't love the action is because. You're basically asking when they go under the screen for one, Kyle Lowry has to take that pull up three. Uh, two, he has to be a plus kind of a two on one player down low and a threat to score. And we haven't really seen that at this uh, point. Uh, and three, Bam Adebayo is going to have a lot more space in the hero pick and roll compared to a Lowry pick and roll. Uh, so I guess the only plus version is that you feel more comfortable uh, with him settling your offense, I guess, late in games. But my take is that they don't need somebody to settle their offense right now. Like, they need somebody to get them buckets late in games. They don't need somebody to settle them, even though the turnovers have been all over the place. So uh, it's just kind of all over the place, I guess. And, and that's kind of the opinion, I guess, with how he's played. It's been all over the place. I thought the shooting would be better, I guess, when they're moving him off the ball. Like, there was some pretty wild misses, in, specifically in this last game. So uh, they just can't. And that first number I said about the .38 points for possession, you just can't have a positive offense for long stretches when your point guard is putting up those type of numbers. So that's kind of where I stand, I guess, on the offensive side of the ball.
0: There's a lot of ways to look at this situation and later, and I know Greg, you and I will get into this, uh, kind of the deeper roster issues here, or the deeper future <laughs> issues here and, and all of that. But again, from a basketball perspective, and I'll go to Alex on this because I know he's got that 12 notebooks of numbers right now, but from a basketball perspective, when, when I watch Kyle Lowry play now, I'm just not expecting much. Like that that's the issue here. I, I think I, I watched Kyle in Toronto. I watched Kyle at his other stops before he found his home in Toronto. He always felt like he was going to take over a game at some point, you know, like he was just going to say enough of everybody else and just do it. And we just, we, we've seen that. The only times we've really seen that have been when most of the core has not been healthy alongside it. But when when they've had the full group together, this is a continuous thing. And it's just, just watching him, I don't expect him to beat his man. I don't expect him to make that that pull up, okay, or go aggressively into it. And and I do think that some of the stuff that we talked about the first year that was important, okay, forcing Bam to be more aggressive and all that. Some of that stuff is just happening on its own. I, I don't know that Kyle Lowry at that point, at this point, has much of an influence on that, which again kind of then puts it back on, on where he is from, from the basketball perspective. All right.
1: Uh Alex what do you got? So to me All right so I don't I'm not going to go too too deep into the stats just cuz I wrote a lot of stuff down just for me to have as a reference point cuz I think there's a lot of relevant stuff when you talk about the Heat's um problems through four games but since this episode is Kyle Lowry focused like I just want to point out that you know after looking into some of his stuff um the one thing that shows in the numbers that matches the eye test 100% is that he is not converting From anywhere. He is shooting 30% or below from every single spot, right? When you're just talking about whether it's from three in the mid range or at the rim, he is not converting. The positives are um, he's taking more or less about the same shots um, per 75 as he was last season, which I know you wanted him to take a little bit more. Um, The difference is that he is taking about one less shot per 75 in the mid range and one more at the rim. The other thing that's good is that his free throw rate through obviously this is all through four games. So it's very, Uh, small sample size theater but his free throw rate is a lot higher than it was last season by about um, 14 points if I remember correctly just um, you know some everything points to him not making any shots right now right and that's kind of simplified but it's also the truth right and I have more here just as far as like his assist percentage is way down from last season even though the turnovers are down so is his assist percentage he has the lowest usage between him Tyler Jimmy and Bam and so it's kind of confusing when you uh, measure that up with him having the most touches. I think all of it, what, what it really points to is that with Tyler in the lineup, um, he's had to make some adjustments, right? We talked about a lot about how Tyler was going to play more off ball um, in the starting lineup. In reality, Kyle is playing more off ball. And that was the part that was left out from that earlier quote posted by Heat Nation on Twitter that everybody reacted to um, that Kyle said right after, Um, that he wanted to generate more shots by having the ball in his hands a little bit more potentially that it's basically, uh, you know, he is willing to do whatever the offense needs. And sometimes that calls for him to be an off-ball guy. And that's been the reality of it. I think it's that he will get the ball in his hands, but he moves off of it quickly. He's always been a quick passer, but I feel like he is doing even less with the ball in his hands this time around. And like Brady pointed out, by the way, because I think that might be the most relevant stat is if you can't like rely on Kyle pick and roll, Kyle band pick and roll specifically, and also Kyle, Jimmy, because we've seen that in the past with Jimmy as a screener, like that's a problem. That's a problem because that was one of their most most reliable forms of offense last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if that comes back up. I wouldn't be surprised when the shooting, if and when it does come back up. But um, there's no doubt about it. He's got to be better. And I do agree that it's been about, you know, two decent to good games and two very bad games so far. The thing you
0: mentioned about like how – quickly gets the ball out of his hands that's exactly what i was thinking when we you talked about the discrepancy between the touches and and the actual plays made because his he,
1: assisted shots are way up so like he's you know what i mean he's doing right.
0: no no he's definitely playing more off the catch I, but but what i'm saying is he, he doesn't keep the ball very long which is good in a lot of right. ways but sometimes it's like okay you would like him to keep it and actually try to probe for something and he doesn't but let's let's get to the larger issues here greg um i mean w- w- where do they go with this
2: It's a tough situation because it's Jimmy's buddy. Um, Actually, I want to clarify that uh, because I came after Kyle on Twitter today um, related to the fact that he acted like he never heard Pat Riley's comments about his conditioning, which I thought was a really weird way to approach that, to just act as if you didn't hear it at all. So I've been kind of lukewarm on Kyle's approach to coming back this season as a member of the Miami Heat since then essentially um which i think you guys were the ones who got those comments on media day if i remember correctly you guys are the video source for that uh so kudos to y'all to uh drive up my resentment towards kyle here but he said all the right things like i actually found a couple toronto media articles which i will share uh following this show where they, they got his quotes in full, full context with every single sentence and detail mixed in there. And he really was super articulate in what he's trying to get at. But what he's essentially saying is that everybody's playing differently. And, um, to me, he was brought here to navigate that and make that seamless. So the fact that that's an issue and he's calling it out to me, that's difficult. You guys know where I stand. Um, I think that if you're going to be paid the way that he's paid, he needs to have the ability to individually step up in ways that other guys can't. And it's scary when you see Max Struess be able to impose his will on a game and Kyle Lowry not have that same ability considering what they just paid Kyle. So to me, I am for right now very much open minded to any deal that involves Kyle Lowry. I do not know that this is going to be the type of player organization relationship that ends beautifully. Not that it'll end badly, but I just see that um, for me, something feels off and I don't know what that is yet. I don't want to speculate too, too, too much there, but I just, I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle was a member of the Miami heat, um, like he was not a member and Jimmy was here a little bit longer. I, I, I thought of them as a package deal, Ethan. I don't think that may be the case, actually.
0: The thing is, nobody is ever a package deal when it comes down to, you know, you know, what I'm saying like we can talk about, OK, Jimmy basically brought Kyle here and Jimmy is going to insist on Kyle staying here. And I know it's a different relationship than it is with Goran, but we talked about the same thing with Goran, right? Like Jimmy, Jimmy would do anything to keep Goran here. Well, but then, you know, his buddy was available and wanted to come and Goran was no longer here. So I don't think that's the thing here. I, I think it's this, when we talk about the money here, and we have to talk about the money because they, you know, they made a significant commitment to him three years, uh, you know, at close to $90 million. If you're looking at that, Okay, you want a guy who's going to completely embrace what you're doing, and it just hasn't felt the whole time. I'm not talking about any of the personal stuff he dealt with last year because that is that's a totally separate. Of
2: course not. You're right. but but
0: but, but I'm just saying it just. You're right. It just hasn't felt like a fit um, for a lot of this time. And and I know you know the way that Eric speaks about him, you know, in glowing terms about being QB one and all the rest of this. The way he reads the game, I think all of that stuff is true. I think that I think that. you know, it, it is all accurate, but the, again, there's just something missing. There's something missing in his time here so far. And it, and it has reflected in some of the numbers. All right. Um, after this break, uh, what I want to get into, you know, we'll get into some more specifics on the numbers. Cause this is something I think where the numbers matter, but also kind of what you're just sort of sensing matters. We do want to tell you about a new sponsor though, of the five reason sports network and here, and we're just introducing it today, but you'll find, Segments we're going to be doing the performance solution of the night, and this is for DM performance solutions. So, we're going to tell you a lot more about them starting up after actually the next uh game, so actually after the Portland game, and uh, and so we're going to be doing that. ODM performance solutions, the phone number is 954 434 0634. Team building is hard, just ask the city of Sacramento, they haven't made the playoffs 15 years. ODM Performance Solutions can help you build a winning team and keep it together if you're looking to fill an important role at your company. ODM Performance Solutions can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales, rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. Again, to find out more, check out odmpsi.com or give them a call at 954-434-0634. And again, look for the performance solution of the game starting up after the next game.
3: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
0: let's let's close here. Okay. And, and I don't, I don't want to focus still on Kyle because obviously that's where we started, but it's also about fitting with his backcourt mate. So uh, Alex, you have some stuff on this.
1: So, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time today trying to, see what's going on right with Kyle and Tyler because I think that's what a lot of this boils down to right not to mention you know the the problems that the Heat have with certain bench players because that's not what we're talking about today but that also very very much shows up in the stats I'm just going to say that without even getting into specific names but since we're just getting into Kyle and I mean you know Tyler is not the topic but I think the the way that they fit together is what this boils down to from what everything I've seen together right they're when they're on the floor together, are at negative 14.64. And I have a lot of other on and off combinations here. The Some of the similarities I've seen is that um, Kyle, when he's playing with Jimmy and Bam, the numbers are great. Tyler, when he's playing with Jimmy and Bam, the numbers are great. The difference is when they're all playing together, right? And, and although the starting lineup um, with Caleb is a little bit over neutral, it's about one point something uh, net, so it's not bad. What I've noticed is that Tyler and Kyle together on the floor has not been the easiest adjustment. I think a lot of it, wh- when you talk about the on and off data, has to do with how bad um, Kyle is shooting. Tyler also sneakily is shooting 33% from three. Not that that's yeah. anything to worry about, but just that's some of the stuff that could be um, accounted for in these stats. The, the The fact of the matter is, you know, just from these four games so far, it's been it's been a wonky fit. I think that was something that we expected to be a little bit of an easier fit. Yeah. and It's kind of been like both both guys are good playmakers. Obviously, Kyle is the better passer. the point guard. Tyler has more uh, scoring gravity because he's obviously a much bigger scoring threat than Kyle is at this point. And both are good shooters. Like you'd think that they would be able to play off of each other a little bit better. And I think naturally they know how to, but it just hasn't turned out the way they wanted to because their offensive rating is just bottom five right now. Uh, no matter how you look at it, even if you adjust for defenses played, like um, it just hasn't looked good. There's a lot of issues right now. It makes no sense. But um, everything boils down to Kyle and Tyler's fit together. I know I keep repeating that, but it's just, you know, no matter how you switch up all the combinations, that's what you have. Like um, Kyle has pretty good minutes without Tyler and uh, Tyler has good minutes without Kyle. I don't, you know, it's tough.
0: Well, and that that's, look, they know the numbers. And at some point, you know, then you start to look to stagger them even more, but we are, we are four games in. So let let me go to Brady on this and then I'm going to let Greg close. So who needs to sacrifice to make it work? Because it, 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 because if it's not working so far, and again, small, 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 small sample size, but which of the two of them needs to give up more of their game that we've seen so far?
4: I just feel like the answer to that is I'm not asking Tyler Vero to sacrifice anything. Like, the fact that they just gave him that extension, the fact that what we're seeing him do to start this season in terms of just growth year after year, now he's making the leap uh, in terms of rim pressure, and he's getting better defensively, and he's doing all these things. It doesn't matter what things look like stats-wise, game-wise, film-wise, you are not asking that guy to sacrifice anything. So, obviously, it comes back to, uh, for one, Alex is right on with all those numbers because uh, I was looking at some similar stuff and it was just like pretty eye-opening at that backcourt uh, because I, like the last time Tyler here started, we kept talking about numbers in the starting lineup because it didn't look good. Uh, that's not Tyler Hero's fault this time around. Like this, it's just totally not. Even when you look at, uh, I know what's been pointed out about his Tyler Hero's net rating being down and kind of all over the place. I was looking at it and it was like, when he plays uh, his minutes next to Dedman, they have like 162 defensive rating. Like you're, these numbers are such small sample size that we can't lean all the way into it. But to we your can point, see Brady,
1: what's... Not to interrupt you here, but just I have a number that's extremely relevant to what you're talking about. Tyler Hero on the floor with no Haywood Highsmith or Dwayne Deadman. You know, I, I wasn't going to get into the names, but since we're here, 1.91. And almost everything else t- with, with Tyler Harrell uh, has been negative lineups, negative combos. Um, so just the fact that he's 1.91 on the positive side without those two guys tells you a lot. But the majority of the minutes, because I did see that as well, it was only 26 out of about, uh, I think, 137 or 140 yeah. minutes. So the problem has also been when he's on the floor without Highsmith and deadman.
4: No, it's
1: it's right. And then back to, to Lowry,
4: like you look at those numbers and it's like, uh, he the heat of 117 offensive rating with Lowry's off the floor. Like the offense has generally uh, looked better stats wise and I'd say game wise. But the really intriguing part of that to add into this is Gabe Vincent hasn't even been his best self yet. Like if you look at the numbers, he had one very good game against Boston and he had a two point one for four game opening night. He had a three for seven game in the first game against Toronto and he had a one for three three point game. Uh, Last night, like Gabe Vincent has not been that eye popping player, yet the numbers are still leaning uh, in this way. And I don't want to just fully like pile on on Kyle, not to rhyme, but the uh, defensively, I feel like he's been a lot better. Like, I will say that, like, if terms of if we're going to talk about the negatives, I'll point out the positives and say uh, I'm not mad at what they've been defensively. These last two and a half games, I'd say, because I was very down on it. The first game, I felt like the effort wasn't there. The rotations weren't there. Uh, even though they lack size, they've been kind of gone around that. Like looking at last game, the buckets that Toronto was sitting at the end of the game, you're not, you can't really do anything about that. Like they were right on them. Kyle was playing perfect defense on on Siakam on that play before he kicked out to to Gary Trent. Uh, The way he's able to front when they're running these doubles and kind of uh, sprints and, and different ways to rotate, like he's done a good job. And so has Gabe Vincent. Uh, So defensively, I'd give them the benefit of the doubt there, but it's just weird to me that we are having this offensive conversation because uh, on this exact podcast, we talked the entire time. We kind of had a feeling that we'd be talking more about the defense, I guess, than offense because of the the size stuff. With all the offensive guys on this roster, we didn't really expect to have this conversation. So uh, to answer your question, Ethan, from (laughs) not to stray off here, but I just think it, it, it has to be, I guess, Kyle in a sense to kind of figure this out because He's the veteran in a sense. He's the point guard in the sense that the, the veteran point guard is kind of the, the guy that has to figure this stuff out. It feels like where the young uh, scorer that's emerging, that's playing at his best self right now, that's the guy you want to push more on his plate at this time.
0: But Greg, the single biggest reason that Kyle is, is here is to get the most out of every other guy that he plays with. Right. We, we talked about this. It was again, make Jimmy the best possible Jimmy because their relationship and what they can kind of build together. If they both embrace, you know, the culture, so to speak the same way, right. Get the most out of bam by, by you know, sort of putting your arm around him, but also yelling at him and telling him to shoot the damn ball. Cause that's what everybody wants to be. And then getting the best out of, uh, you know, some of these shooters, etc. But then also, you know, you know, in, in, in a big way, um, you know, it was, it was to get the best out of Tyler hero. I mean, I mean, you know, and, and I, And we talked a lot about that when he came that, you know, having that kind of high level point guard, particularly if Tyler was going to play off the ball, they did play together, you know, quite a bit last year. But if they're going to move forward as a backcourt, Greg, again, you just gave all the money to Tyler, you know, so it's like I just feel like everybody's on different timelines now. Okay, because you've got you've got kind of, you know, Kyle um, has to be great now for them to win a title, but I don't think he's at that stage right now. OK, but then again, and and then the same thing with Tyler, that, again, the fact that you got you brought in a guy who was close with Jimmy, which made sense at the time, maybe the thing that impedes Tyler in some way to be able to help
2: Jimmy contend. I know that's such a weird conundrum to even think about. It makes my brain hurt. But you're right. Kyle came here to make everybody else better. Um And that's just something he can't run from. I think the fact that he were, you know, for as um, elusive as he was in the Bahamas on media day and not wanting to answer questions, I find it highly curious that he so uh, willingly led with the chin and said, guys are just trying to figure out their new roles. We have a new starting shooting guard in Tyler. Bam is trying to be more aggressive. I just feel like that's a little bit of, um, deflecting frankly and I also think that the, there's onus on it on Eric Spolstra too here to figure this out and get this right with these guys but uh, for the most part with Kyle um, he has to make the Tyler Hero situation work out because they've committed to Tyler now and all indications are in the first four games that yeah he has plenty to work on as any player his age would but he is Closing the gap between himself and all of those upper echelon guys, you can tell he's committed to getting himself right. Physically, his approach to the game has changed offensively to me. He's much more aggressive. Um, So I loved what I've seen there. So they have to do right by him. He plays well with Bam. So he's complimenting that other player who's a pillar. So to me, they have to figure that part of it out. And I think that this is the thing to watch the heater in a situation where usually they're going to wait until what, right around the trade deadline before they make uh, firm declarations on what they're going to do. I think you start out one and three, you go on this road trip, you don't have a good road trip. You come back, you know who they play when they come back golden state. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Like this could get weird quickly. And just to that point, I feel like they're going to be able to assess the roster quickly. And I just hope that the Jimmy Kyle relationship does not get in the way of them making the right move for the team for Tyler and Bam so that they can contend now, but also be good going forward. That's why I
0: thought that this early schedule was kind of a blessing in disguise, actually, even before the season started, because whether or not you were running it back. And I know that we've had dispute over that term and the way that we used it and the way the organization viewed it in large degree, you were bringing back a lot of the same players. There was kind of a commitment to doing that and to waiting. But if you get through these first, like you mentioned, if you get, I mean, this could be two and six. I mean, it really, I mean, if you look at the schedule, this could be two and six. I mean, this is not an easy West coast way. We know Sacramento, which is supposedly the soft game on that trip. Virtually every game between the heat and Sacramento lately has gone down to the wire. Okay. And so That is not an easy place to play, all right. When especially early in the season, where there's some reasonable hope, and you're looking at Golden State, you're looking at Portland, so they got to get it right quickly. And look, QB one has got to be a big part of that because he is one of the upper echelon in terms of, again, not just obviously status and future Hall of Famer, but where he is in the salary chart. And you know, we we talked about we haven't even seen the best of Gabe to this point. All right. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to our sponsors, ODM Performance Solutions. You're going to hear from them tomorrow for sure. And then also, prize picks use that code FIVE. F I V E.
4: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.